0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute is that a new intro song on the ddp i i think this is this is we need to just let this play out let's let's just finish this out it's only a couple more seconds let's go All right. Welcome back for episode 11 of the Destination Devi podcast. I'm your host, Ray Garvin, and you could find me on Twitter at RayGQ. Make sure you follow the show at Destination Devi. Big shout out to my boy, my high school, former high school teammate, one of my best friends, Trivion McKenzie, at Mac 702 on Twitter for the intro song. Really appreciate you. And my guy, Jordan Richards, at your boy, Jay Rich, for doing the intro drop. Really appreciate you guys and helping the DDP level up a little bit and make that intro a little more um, upbeat and lively. Really, really appreciate that. But. I am excited to talk to you guys today about Debbie prospects and in particular, my Debbie tier rankings. We're not going to do a Debbie team preview today because I really want to focus the entirety of the show to dive into these prospects. I've seen a lot of Debbie startup drafts floating around Twitter and getting a lot of questions on my Debbie rankings and trying to, you know, give some insight in evaluating some of these prospects for folks who are conducting their own Debbie drafts right now. So I think it's appropriate. The time is right. And to be honest with you, news is slow. We're getting stuff in the news like DeAndre Swift has really quick feet or Anthony McFarlane is really explosive or, you know, don't, that's, that's really, I mean, Duh. We know that DeAndre Swift is quick. We know that Jonathan Taylor, and and, and right now everyone runs a 4-3. Jonathan Taylor, Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs. I mean, the entire college football landscape is going to drop a 4-2 at the NFL Combine next year. So I don't even want to waste time on news and notes. We're not going to do a Debbie team preview today. We are going to talk wide receiver tiers tier one tier two tier three and this isn't 2020 this is debbie so all the guys from 2020 2021 2022, I really want to give you guys some useful information to take forward and utilize it in your Debbie startup drafts. Now, over the past couple of shows, I've done very deep and detailed prospect analysis. This show is not going to be that. I'm going to give you a little bit of statistical analysis, a little bit of film review on what I think about these players, but there will be more detailed prospect breakdowns in in future episodes. But today I've got a lot of guys that I want to get through. So we're just going to quick hitting analysis on what I believe are the top three tiers in Debbie rankings right now. I have to say, I do not mind uh, when people DM me, I encourage it. If you have a question about your roster, if you have a question about how I value prospects no problem. I have no problem with giving you my opinion or sort of giving you some advice on how to approach your Debbie drafts or your dynasty drafts, no problem whatsoever. But the reality is only about 75% of people who actually ask me my opinion are probably going to actually utilize that information and make their selection based on the information that I give them. A lot of times what I notice is most people are looking for confirmation of what they already want to do. Again, no problem with engaging in that dialogue via Twitter, but I'm going to ask you guys to do something for me. If you want me to evaluate your team or evaluate a trade proposal or how I value these Debbie picks, I want to give you a a, a thorough answer. I don't just want to say, no, I wouldn't do that. Or yeah, I like him or no, I don't like that person. But if you want me to engage and help you out, then I'm going to ask you to do something for me. And what I'm going to ask you is to go to iTunes, subscribe to this show and leave me a rating and review. I think that is a fair exchange. I will give you as comprehensive and detailed of an answer as I can, and the only thing I'm asking you for in return is to support this show, to support the movement that I am trying to, to 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 establish with Devi and the Dynasty community. I think that's a fair trade-off, so just moving forward, when I ask you at the end of our dialogue, hey, make sure you go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, and leave a rating, please don't take offense. Uh, it's, it's the least that I can ask of you and the least that you can do after we go sort of back and forth on your team roster construction or how you should value a prospect or a pick in your particular league. Now, speaking of Debbie startup drafts, I have just completed a Debbie startup draft of my own with uh, some great guys in the industry. And we sort of set it up as a film versus analytics Dynasty Startup League. I wanted to get six film grinders versus six data and analytical guys and really see how these drafts play out with two opposing viewpoints on how to value prospects. And it was a very interesting exercise, great group of guys. Um, In that draft, I had the 107, the 210, and the 303. And My picks were 107, I took Rondell Moore. Really excited about that. At 210, I got Chuba Hubbard running back from Oklahoma State. And at 303, I was able to grab Tylan Wallace, which I never thought in a million years he would be there, but it's a super flex format. So when you have quarterbacks going early, pushes some of those good prospects down. But what I really want to dive into on this particular aspect of the league is how to value these 2020 picks in a Debbie startup. So my final pick in the draft was 303, took Tylen Wallace. I was watching a player fall and fall and fall. And at 310, I ended up trading a 2021st and a 2023rd to get that 310. Now, most people are like, you traded a first and a third to get a, a, a 310 and a Debbie startup. Yeah, absolutely. Because the player that I selected was Keyshawn Vaughn, running back out of Vanderbilt, who I believe is going to be a day two pick in the NFL draft and have an opportunity to start for an NFL franchise next year. Now, because of the players who were selected uh, before 310, I already knew that that 2020 first round pick, I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn, he probably wasn't gonna get selected. He would have been a top two, top three 2020 pick next spring. So, yeah, I have no problem trading that 2021 because essentially I was just grabbing who was gonna be the 101, 102, or 103 anyway. And based on the roster that I have, I had no shot at getting him come next spring. So, when I when we talk about how to value these startup picks in a Debbie draft, you've gotta take all of that into consideration. If you've got a strong team and a value is just falling down the board, and you've got a player like Keyshawn Vaughn that's sitting on the board, Hell yeah, trade that twenty twenty first and you know, is is it overpay to give up a third? I don't think. I think not. That third round pick in 2020 is probably like an undrafted free agent in a normal year with the full allotment of 2020 prospects. So, just a little tip and strategy into my philosophy of what I was thinking during that time when I was on the clock, and it's it's the same decisions that you, as Devi and Dynasty owners, will have to make in these Debbie startups. If you're getting towards the end of your Debbie startup draft, and there's Talent that you know would otherwise be a first or second round pick, and all you have to do is give up a, a subsequent, a future 2020 pick to acquire said player late in your Debbie startup, no problem. Make that deal. It's strategic, it's strategy, it's thinking, it's chestnut checkers. You're thinking, you know, a year or two ahead. And for me, at that point in the draft, to acquire Keyshawn Vaughn at the 310 for 2021 was absolute money, but let's get into these tier rankings. And I want to say this before we get into it, I've got three different tiers, but inside those tiers, I also broke them down into three subcategories, wide receivers. So I, I subcategorize them by tacticians, playmakers, and the prototype. So within these tiers, I'm going to also sort of group these prospects together into what I think are their best physical attributes, best traits, and the things that I believe will make them successful at the next level. So these first guys, and they're in no particular order. So I'll start with the youngest guys first. I'm just going to jump around, but we're going to talk about tier one, whom I believe is just a level above the rest. let's get rolling with tier one, who I just believe they are level up from the other players in this pool at this point in time. We're going to start out with Tyler Johnson, wide receiver out of Minnesota, six foot two, 200 pounds, rising senior. He is 2020 eligible, had a 52% college dominator rating last season, 43% receiving share, 78 catches over 1100 yards and 12 TDs. Johnson is a tactician. So remember I said I was going to subcategorize these guys. He is a tactician. I believe that right now you can plug him in an NFL offense and he will have no problem from a technical standpoint of running routes, understanding uh, defensive coverages, how to get open, how to position his body. He is the best route runner in this class period, in the 2020 class, and of all Debbie wide receivers, I believe he is truly the best route runner of the bunch. He's got a very good catch radius. He's got very solid hands, sort of lets the ball get into his body sometimes, but he doesn't drop a lot of passes, so I don't care how you make the catch as long as you catch the ball. I'm really, really excited about Tyler Johnson at the next level. Now, he isn't the most explosive athlete there is, but he wins with savviness with route running. He's a technician. And for me, he is in the tier one of Debbie wide receiver prospects, and he's joined in this tier in this subcategory of a tactician with Alabama wide receiver Jerry Judy. Jared Judy, six foot one, 190 to 195 pounds, depending on what website you look at. I believe he's closer to the 190 range. Rising Jr., last year he had a 27% college dominator rating. You'd like to see that about 30%, but t- the fact that he was on an offense that boasts Henry Ruggs, Jalen Wilder, Devonta Smith, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, Damian Harris, Irv Smith Jr., I- I'm not really tripping on the fact that he only had a 27% college dominator ring. That's really good considering the talent that he had on that Alabama roster. 19 and a half breakout age, so he's doing it. He did it early in his uh, career. He was already a polished wide receiver coming out of high school, won the Bolitnikoff Award last year, was first team All-American in 2018, preseason first team All-American in 2019. He's just a very technically sound wide receiver He's got tremendous athleticism. He's got great hands. You know, we talked about the route running, body control, and he's a young guy. I do believe that it's easy to compare Alabama wide receivers to other Alabama wide receivers, but I do see a lot of similarity in his game uh, to Calvin Ridley. You know, the the difference between the two is, is Ridley was much older than Jerry Judy will be entering into the NFL, but Judy's an elite athlete. The things that he can do when he gets the ball in space is just phenomenal. We've talked about it on this show before. I don't know how he has knees. I mean, he just is able to stop on a dime. He's very explosive, great acceleration, and I love the separation that he that he creates off the line of scrimmage. Really excited about Jerry Judy as we all are sort of like ho hum Jerry Judy tier one wide receivers, but absolutely he's there and he he we have to talk about him in this in this tier exercise. So let's switch gears. So we said tacticians, playmakers, and the prototypes, So the playmakers. These are the guys that are just fun, absolutely dynamic athletes, but get the ball to them in space. They can make things happen. And we're going to start out with Rondell Moore, Rising sophomore wide receiver from Purdue, 5'9", 175 pounds. He is draft eligible in 2021. Last year, as a true freshman, we talked about this on the last episode, 114 catches, over 1,250 yards, 12 TDs, 200 yards on the ground, 38% college dominator rating, and a 31% reception share, 18.3 breakout age. I mean, Everything is his strength, route running, quickness, speed, his ability to run after catch, his power, his contact balance. There there really isn't anything that he does not do well. I think sometimes he gets in trouble with trying to do a little bit too much, but when you're a player of his talent, I can't really blame him for trying to make plays. His only weakness, the only weakness I see in his game is his size. His size. 5'9, 175, 180 pounds. I'm pretty sure he got stronger, packed on some weight in this offseason, but his size does provide some offensive limitations. You know, are you going to be able to line him up outside consistently? No, but I do believe that he provides the versatility that offensive coordinators covet. There are so many ways to get him the ball in space, and I do not like to comp players this far out. You guys know that. But Rondell Moore, to me, is a more explosive Steve Smith, and we've seen Steve Smith dominate the league for a decade in his prime. So I think that Rondell Moore can do sort of that that same type, have that same type of impact at the next level. And I took him at 107 in the Debbie startup, and I have no problem with it. Yeah, it sucks that I have to wait two years for his production, but I do believe once he enters into the NFL, he will be a dynamic playmaker for years to come. Another playmaker in Tier 1 is LaVisca Chenault, rising junior wide receiver out of Colorado. And he came out and said earlier this week that he fully anticipates entering into the 2020 NFL draft after this college football season. Six foot two, 220 pound tank had a 43% college dominator rating last year and a 45% reception share for that team. Size, strength, Contact balance, ball tracking ability. He's like a tank when he gets the ball in his hands. Now, he does have injury history. You know, he 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 battled injuries last year, battled injuries this spring. And his, you know, the way that he was used at Colorado, he didn't run a lot of routes. He was an offensive weapon, played a little bit of Wildcat quarterback, ran a lot of screen plays out of the backfield. But when he did go downfield, he was dynamic at tracking the ball, adjusting to the ball in the air. And I believe that with his size and physicality, he will be able to win right off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he may have to take some time to develop his route tree, to develop you know some of the nuances that Jerry Judy and Tyler Johnson possess. But he, I mean, 220 pounds and to be able to move and have the fluidity that LaVisca Chenault, that, that he does have. I mean, there's no reason why. And he's already being talked about as a top 15 NFL draft pick. So with his athleticism, with his size and potential draft capital, it's undeniable that he should be ranked in the tier one of Debbie wide receiver prospects. And the last guy in Tier 1 that I want to talk about that fits that playmaker, underneath that playmaker um- umbrella, is rising junior wide receiver Jalen Rager out of TCU. 5'11", 195 pounds, had a 44% college dominator rating last year and a 38% reception share, 18.8 breakout age. Speed, speed, speed. He, he will be one of the fastest wide receivers at the NFL Combine next year, and it shows on tape. Not only does he have explosion, he's got long speed. He's got great ball tracking ability, separation quickness. And when he hits the ball in his hands, he's dynamic, whether that's on a screen play, on a reverse, out of the backfield, running the ball. He is a dynamic playmaker, hence the reason why I have him in this subcategory. I do think that his his routes, complexity, some of the things that he does do, he will have to to refine those things at the next level. But, you know, comped Rondell Moore to Steve Smith, when I watch Jalen Rager's game, he reminds me of a more explosive Percy Harvin, and I'm very excited about Rager's prospectus at the next level. He played with about 10 different quarterbacks at TCU and was still able to produce and put up some of the stats that he did is absolutely phenomenal. And the last guy I want to talk about in tier one of these Debbie wide receiver rankings is Justin Ross, the rising sophomore wide receiver out of Clemson. He fits the prototype uh, subcategory. He is six foot four, 205 pounds. So he is everything that if you were building a wide receiver in a lab, this is the guy that you would you would build and i believe that he's only going to get stronger entering into the 2019 season and with one season under his belt he should be absolutely dominant playing on one of the most explosive offenses in college football with one of the best quarterbacks in college football in Trevor Lawrence i mean what's not to like about justin ross he's got size His catch radius is ridiculous. If it's a 50-50 ball, he's coming down with it. He's strong at the point of catch. His hands are strong. You see him push defensive backs down with ease when he gets the ball in his hand. Last year as a freshman, he had 1,000 yards receiving on 46 receptions. One more time, 1,000 yards on 46 receptions and nine touchdowns. I mean, he was one of the best freshman wide receivers in college football, and he's only going to continue to produce this year with T Higgins on the outside, Travis Etienne in the backfield. Justin Ross is that prototype wide receiver, and he rounds out the first crop and the first tier of Debbie wide receivers for me. Now, in the words of Bart Scott, I can't wait to talk about these tier two wide receiver prospects. Congratulations. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. There are some prospects in this category whom I can absolutely see climbing their way up to the Tier 1 rankings before the end of the 2019 season. And I've got to start with CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, 6'2", 190 pounds, rising junior, 2020 draft eligible. Last year, he had a 25% college dominator rating and his breakout age is 19 and a half. Lamb is versatile, man. This guy returned punts for Oklahoma. He was a deep play threat. He was an intermediate threat. He does it in the blocking game. I really, really love CeeDee Lamb's game. He's got hands. He can jump over defenders. His body control is ridiculous. He's athletic. Sharing the field last year with Marquise Hollywood-Brown, who was a first-round NFL draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens, he had over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, he's good off the line of scrimmage. He's got great release, his acceleration, his fluidity, his footwork, and his hands. The catches that this guy can make in traffic on the sideline, his body control, foot positioning. Lamb is going to be really, really good. And right now, in majority of Debbie's startup drafts that I'm seeing, especially in Superflex, you can acquire him at the end of the first, early second round, and to get a player of his talent, That late in a Debbie startup is absolutely insane value. CeeDee Lamb should tear it up again in 2019 and probably work his way up to a tier one prospect before it's all said and done. Now, another playmaker that I want to talk about is one of my personal favorites, Henry Ruggs III, rising junior wide receiver out of Alabama, six foot, said he got up to 190 pounds this spring. Uh, which would be fantastic for him. He had an 18% Dominator rating last year, and we all know who the Alabama wide receivers are, so I'm not really concerned about that. Henry Ruggs will be the fastest and most explosive wide receiver at next year's combine, but don't get it twisted. He is far, far more than a one-trick deep threat pony. Henry Ruggs has elite speed. I posted some comparisons on Twitter About his miles per hour and how fast he is. He's Tyreek Hill level of fast in game. I mean, this guy, you get him a screen, he can take it to the house. He definitely has some refinement issues that he has to work with, right? He is a raw athlete, but the talent is there. And I would say, of all the wide receivers in this 2020 class, he may have the absolute highest ceiling. If Can you imagine Henry Ruggs on the Kansas City Chiefs? I, I, it would be unreal. He is a competitive dog. There were reports this week that, you know, multiple people inside of the Alabama organization say he is the most competitive wide receiver, most competitive player on that team. Again, much more than a one-trick pony, Henry Ruggs, Is going to be a fantastic uh, NFL prospect with so much potential. If he can get on the right system, on the right team, sky's the limit for Henry Ruggs III. The last playmaker I want to talk about in this Tier 2 group is Tylan Wallace, the rising junior wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, Six foot, 185 pounds, last year had a 37% dominator rating, 19.4 breakout age, 37% reception share. His ball skills, the way that he can high point balls, is probably the best in this class, in the twenty twenty class, and maybe uh, one of the best up there with Brian Edwards in the Debbie in the Devi ranks. Period. He plays a lot bigger than his six foot frame. I mean, he goes up. His timing. He just knows how to leap and go get the ball. He is. He is tough. He is athletic. Um, I love his fluidity, his ball tracking skills, and he's an athlete. He he. He was, a, he was a Blitnikoff Award finalist last year after catching for over 1,400 yards in his first full season starting. He's he's going to be probably an All-American again this year, and we all know the history of Oklahoma State wide receivers putting up numbers, but the difference is I believe Tylen Walls has the skill set to allow those numbers to translate at the next level. I do feel that he should be a second-round pick in Devi startups as well as uh, probably a late first, early second-round pick in the 2020 class of prospects. And I was more than thrilled to get him at the 303 spot in our recent Debbie startup draft. Tylen Wallace, fantastic tier two wide receiver prospect. Now let's talk about another prototype wide receiver. We talked about one from Clemson and Justin Ross and his teammate T Higgins is, is the same thing. He's six foot four, 210 pounds catch radius, hands, the strength that he has had a 19.7 breakout age, 27% dominator rating last year. He's, I mean, he's a prototype wide receiver. I think he is right there, you know, with Justin Ross as far as the skill set on that team. He's a future, probably a future, you know, wide receiver too at the next level, giving that size, giving the way that he can snatch 50 50 balls out of the air. There was a play, I believe, against Texas A&M where it just looked like he floated in the air, snatched that ball, and then made it happen after the catch. T. Higgins is somebody that's going, you know, into round one early round two in Debbie startups and in 2020 drafts, he should be a lock to be drafted by dynasty owners in the first round. Another prototype wide receiver is Brian Edwards, wide receiver out of South Carolina, who sort of has been getting some disrespect lately. I mean, a lot of people aren't talking about Brian Edwards who broke out at 17 years old, 17 years and nine months. He that's when he had his first uh, season that qualified for breakout I mean, he had a 22% dominator rating last year. He shared the field with Debo Samuel, but at six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. I mean, he is the prototype wide receiver. And the team is his this year. It is his. He's a senior. He knows how to win. He knows how to get open. You know, he hasn't had a thousand yard season yet. He's been there with Debo. I do believe that this is the season for him to make that happen, but his body control is insane. The way he can go up can contort his body, make ridiculous catches. His body control, his catch radius, 50-50 balls. I mean, it's it's exactly what you want. The thing that he lacks is that he doesn't really have that elite speed. You don't really see him uh, pull away from defenders after the catch. You know, I, I, I think he's more of a straight line athlete than an agile, make you miss offensive weapon, but he does have the skill set to be a force at the wide receiver position at the next level. Brian Edwards comfortably in that tier two of wide receiver prospects in the Debbie ranks. Now let's get to my tactician, Amin Ross St. Brown, rising sophomore wide receiver out of USC, six foot 195 pounds. We've talked about him on a previous show, brother of Equinemia St. Brown and Osiris St. Brown, wide receiver out of Stanford. Amin Rossora has a little bit of everything, right? He's he's bursty, he's got really good route running, he knows how to track the ball. I, I just I see him as more of a tactician. You can tell that he is technically sound at the wide receiver position. At 60 receptions last year, 750 yards, three TDs as a true freshman for USC. And with Graham Harrell taking over that offense for the Trojans this year, amon Ross should be featured, uh, a featured wide receiver. That connection with JT Daniels should only help his outlook for uh, the USC Trojans for his statistical breakout. I think he's right there amongst the top 2021 draft eligible prospects From the wide receiver position and to be a a tier two wide receiver this early in his career is phenomenal for St. Brown. He he's looking like a lock to be a future 2021 first round pick. And then Debbie startups going in the second round. You can't do you can't do much better than drafting Amon Ross St. Brown. Now it's rounded out with the tier three wide receivers from my Debbie ranks. And a lot of these guys are just young. You know, they're ultra-talented players who are. Tier three wide receivers right now, but they're 2021-2022 draft eligible prospects. So here in the near future, they'll definitely be climbing their way up to be tier one, tier two prospects. And we're going to start with the playmaker from Alabama, Jalen Waddell, ten, 175 pounds, had a 15% dominator rating last year as a true freshman. I mean, he was the fourth, fifth option for the Alabama Crimson Tide, had 848 yards as a true freshman and seven touchdowns. On 45 grabs in an offense that had Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and Josh Jacobs and Najee Harris and Devonta Smith and Henry. I mean, I mean, this guy came on the scene. He's an explosive, explosive, bursty athlete. Jalen Waddell was only gonna climb his way up and, and entering into his draft eligible year in 2021, he'll be a a tier one, tier two wide receiver prospect. I mean, he literally can score on any given play. The only thing that is concerning about Waddle, just a little thin, you know, 177 pounds, but I'm not concerned. He's got time to to bulk up, put some weight on, and I don't believe that he'll lose that speed. So Jalen Waddle will be right there as one of the top wide receiver prospects in 2021. Now we're going to get to our first 2022 prospect, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. He is a playmaker based on what I've seen in high school. He's not the most athletic, the the, the fastest wide receiver i believe his timed 40 time coming out of high school was like a 4.6 at the opening so he'll probably get a little bit faster six foot 185 pounds he's draft eligible in 2022 he's gonna be good and he's going to have an opportunity to make plays as a true freshman for ohio State he was a former five-star recruit i mean in his high school career he had 216 catches for 3592 yards and 56 touchdowns 56 touchdowns. I mean, that's ridiculous, whether you're talking about high school, junior high, college. I mean, that's insane. He's got the production. He's he's going to be very, very good. He's the highest-ranked wide receiver ever to commit to Ohio State. I mean, think about that. From from when the recruiting services started tracking that, the highest-rated wide receiver ever to commit to Ohio State. He's, his ball skills are insane. We've all seen, and I'm just going to call it the catch that he made in the spring game and from everything that I've read, he does that consistently in practice, so really excited to see what Garrett Wilson can do this year with, you know, Justin Fields at quarterback and in that wide-open Ohio State offense. Now, the last two guys I want to talk about are Rashad Bateman and Seth Williams, and both of those guys fit underneath that prototype subcategory within these Tier 3 Devy rankings. Rashad Bateman shares a field with Tier one wide receiver prospect, Tyler Johnson. Bateman is six foot two, 200 pounds. He's draft eligible in 2021 Had a 28% dominator rating last year when, you know, Tyler Johnson's was what, 50%, which is insane. 18.9 breakout age. This kid is fast. Um, He's got really good hands. He does a lot of things after the catch. I mean, as a true freshman, had 51 receptions for 704 yards and six TDs. I believe that after Tyler Johnson graduates onto the NFL, Rashad Bateman is going to climb his way up uh, to be a tier two, tier one, Debbie wide receiver prospect. He's everything you want in a wide receiver. I mean, it's just, it's going to be fun to watch these two this year in the big 10. And it gives me a reason to watch some Minnesota Gophers football, really excited about what Bateman can do. And he's sort of going under the radar in Debbie circles. But I believe that midway through this college football season, your buy low window will close shut because Bateman is going to be a top prospect in 2021. And the last guy rounding out tier three of my Debbie wide receiver prospects, Seth Williams, wide receiver out of Auburn, six foot three, 210 pounds, draft eligible in 2021, had a 21% college dominator rating. I mean, six three two ten. Hence the reason why he fits the prototype subcategory. I mean, he is, you know, when you look at him, he looks like an NFL wide receiver. He's a very athletic guy, uh, great body control. He's made some catches on the sidelines and in the end zone that I'm just like, holy crap. And he's doing it in the SEC, which is like the triple A of NFL prospect breeding crowns. So by him doing that against the LSUs, the Alabamas, I'm really impressed by his early productivity. He only had 26 receptions last year, but they went for 534 yards and five TDs and that was with Jared Stenham having sort of an up and down final season for the Tigers. He he's he's got an opportunity to be, you know, a high point end zone monster at the next level. He's got the size to be a number one. We'll see how his development breaks, you know, pans out over the next couple of years. What's interesting is nobody has a birth date on this guy. So, I mean, he definitely qualified for a breakout age, you know, a breakout age category, but we don't know how old he is, which is just a little weird, but he is firmly, firmly, he should be a second round pick in Debbie startup drafts, or at least a third round pick in our, our most recent uh, Debbie startup draft that I just completed. He was not selected, which I mean, he'll be right there as one of the top prospects uh, in Debbie drafts next year, when we have our our two round Debbie draft but Seth Williams is somebody who will be worth keeping an eye on. And for you dynasty Debbie owners to pay attention to in your startup drafts, that's going to do it for the three tiers. My three tiers of wide receiver prospects in Debbie circles, use this as a tool, use this as a tool to make the best judgment decision that you can make for your roster. Just because a player is drafted first doesn't mean that they're in the best situation for dynasty and fantasy football success. Would you be absolutely insane to select Andy Isabella over Marquise Brown, who was a first round draft pick? I'd say probably not. He's probably in a better offensive situation than Marquise Brown. Yes, I understand draft capital zealots. He was a first round pick. You got to take the draft capital. Draft capital is a part of the puzzle. It is not the complete and total picture. You've got to take everything into consideration. So I plan on doing this for the running back position, for the quarterbacks, and eh, we may do a little something something for the tight ends. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Destination Debbie podcast. I hope you enjoyed it please, please, please go to iTunes, subscribe to the show. I don't want to have to tell you when it's coming out. Just subscribe. And then when I drop it on Wednesdays, pops right up on your feed. Check it out. Leave me a review. Interact with me on Twitter. Make sure you send a screenshot. If you do rate and leave a review, screenshot it to Destination Debbie. I haven't had any for the Derrick Henry jersey giveaway. I don't know if you guys just hate Derrick Henry or what, but make sure you screenshot at Destination Debbie that rating and review. I plan on giving that jersey away before the end of the month. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay safe. Be blessed. I don't have anything else. So until next time, drop that new DDP music.